and welcome to another installment of Behind the Fourth Wall, the podcast where we review and discuss movies, TV shows, video games, and anything else pop culture. Now that we finally have our latest entry into Marvel's Cinematic Universe's Phase 4, we'll be discussing how the most recent set of movies and shows stack up against the other phases in the universe. My name is Emmett, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host and 2017 Times Magazine's 100 Most Influential Vowel-Named People, Ivan. It might be Ivan. I don't know. Like, I feel like everybody has their own way of saying it. <laughs> well, that's why you made it. You get to pronounce it two ways. It's a right. bummer for me, though. I'm still waiting for my year. <laughs> oh, my God. You know what? Time Magazine has been around for so long. Well, you'll, you'll, you'll get your shot. Yeah. I, I think I'm more of like a 17 person. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you went 2017. <laughs> we didn't, like... That was your best year, if I'm being honest. Yeah, okay. <laughs> hey, I didn't say it. Time did, all right? <laughs> I didn't say you, Pete. They did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll give you that. I feel like my best years were in the, the pre-COVID times, for sure. <laughs> speaking of best years, and speaking of other news as well, <laughs> what's on your wall? <laughs> in unrelated news. <laughs> in very unrelated news. <laughs> Well, actually, you know what? Speaking of 2016, um, okay. no one was, but all right, go ahead. I'm bringing it into the conversation. Right? <laughs> so now that I'm speaking about 2016, since we're on 2017, let me go one year before. <laughs> um, you know what's been on my, you know, you know, what really grinds my gears sometimes. Um, yes, but why don't you tell everyone else? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, new leadership at the DC. Uh, for the DC Universe over at Warner Brothers. So I don't know if you caught this. It's been a while since we talked about this kind of stuff, but I feel like, um, you know, for the sake of our listenership, let's let's talk DC because this is the most popular topic. What's that? What's listenership? <laughs> <laughs> um, apparently, so uh, director of Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, 1, 2, and 3, and the holiday special and all this stuff, uh, James Gunn has been hired by the new head of Warner Brothers, who's the owner of Discovery, as the new leader uh, for the DCEU, which is basically like they're trying to make him the Kevin Feige of the universe. And him, along with executive producer Peter Safran, who's been involved in a, some of the DC stuff, like Shazam and uh, Aquaman, I think. Uh, I'm trying to think like some of the more I guess successful uh, ones at the box office. Uh, so they're heading up to the DCEU and they're starting things off in a very like I think a little bit of a convoluted start. Um, although I don't think it's in any fault of theirs, but basically, long story short, they're rebooting the universe. Uh, so goodbye Henry Cavill, goodbye Gal Gadot, Ben Affleck, you know all of that. Um, they're they're letting the last couple of movies go through, and then after that, we're not going to see any more of these actors. Everybody's going to get a new uh, portrayal, I guess, for this new universe, which, uh, as you can imagine, some people are very passionate and are upset about it, and then other people are, you know, don't really care all that much, and then there's other people who are very excited for the new slate. Uh, I think this is the best approach that they could have taken, to be honest with you. Um but yeah, I, I'm interested to kind of see what the plan is. But the, the saddest news out of all this is apparently Henry Cavill was coaxed into announcing that he's back and there's going to be a Man of Steel 2 and all this stuff just to have the rug pulled out from under him, which sucks. But I don't know. I mean, I feel like the resetting the universe is probably the best approach here. What do you think? Was well, it Man of Steel 2 actually happening or is it happening just not with him? Um, it's it's scrapped with him. I feel like so from what I understand, James Gunn and Peter Safran are rebooting everybody. Um, the only things that are being salvaged is the Batman is still going to continue as its own franchise, but apparently it's not going to be part of an expanded universe. It's going to be off on its own. Um, mm. That and the Joker movie, which apparently they're making a sequel with Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn. Which I that kind of flew under my radar. I had no idea that that was even an official thing. I thought it was just like a rumor. Mm. Uh, yeah, I feel bad for Cavill because I think he also did some. It impacted what he's doing with The Witcher, right? Yeah, I think he left The Witcher probably because he he knew he was going to spend more time with Superman. But apparently, that's yeah. not going to be the case anymore. That's kind of ridiculous to me. So that's the thing I think I feel worse about this. But I also agree that like, I don't know. I think they do need to just do a reboot here. It's not something that you can 
say like keep the same actors and say but don't count those past movies as part of this like it'd be too confusing for the casual fan so i think you do have to just start over it's just hilarious to observe happening because you look at marvel it's like they pretty much always had their stuff together because they thought about it before they started doing it and they agreed with each other yeah <laughs> so it's uh i don't i'm not a big james gunn fan or whatever jim gunn under the gun with james <laughs> gunn i'm, I'm yeah. not a big fan of his other than guardians one to be honest i think he's the right guy for the producer role of things because, He's the right because, guy for being the wrong guy, I think. Yeah, is, 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 <laughs> is that how, how I would phrase it? I, I don't know. I think as a director, he's he's kind of been a little hit and miss. Uh, I think for a lot of the stuff, that, like I thought, I still think Guardians One is one of the best movies we've had out I of just, the MCU. I agreed. I said that. And then Guardians Guardians Two is just a little bit more of that, but like he didn't really capitalize on that gain that he had in that first yeah. movie. Um, and I yeah, I don't know. Like Brightburn didn't really do anything for me and i thought that movie was actually a little bit um a little too out there uh and then what what did he do he did suicide squad the second one yeah see this guy is the wrong guy <laughs> you're not that guy pal i will say peacemaker i enjoyed a lot it's just i i don't think that's necessarily like um good what like the, the fact that it's tv shows <laughs> Peacemaker was good. I'll stand by that. Um, I will stand far away on okay. the other side. Of the <laughs> I do think if they're trying to make him the Kevin Feige of that universe, he's the right guy because he knows like the the comics world, right? But um, I think he's got to be very careful about the directors he brings in to 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 do it. Like I don't see him doing a good Superman. Like if he wants to write it, fine. But I think somebody else should come in and direct that movie. Uh, and I hope well, that's really all they need. Take. It's just somebody who can. They need a conductor, and then just let everyone else play their instruments. And they yeah. don't. They haven't had that where everyone's just playing their own music, and it doesn't sound like anything. You need to bring someone in to organize it. So whether he's going to be writing this stuff, that probably would be not as good. But if he's at least there to be like, here's a grand vision for it, I think he could be the person for that. Yeah, I think so too. Like I, I, I'm gonna wait and see what happens. Apparently, they're gonna make some announcement in the first in January of next year, just to kind of tell everybody what the plan is for ten years. Yeah. Um, which is good, but I also kind of like I would caution that they just take a take a stab out of creating the next three years worth of movies. You know, like because I feel like if they do ten years, like there's just a lot of baggage on Warner Brothers right now, and there's you know I feel like they have to win some of that um fan. Uh, fair or like attention back because there's not a lot of good faith in the studio at the moment. I mean, they do have Batman, so they got that going for them, and Superman. So, like, you have these historically loved characters that you've proven you can constantly just keep messing up and people yeah. will still pay to see it. So, <laughs> that's true. I guess all you really need to focus on is just not screwing up that bad just don't fumble the bag like don't give me a depressed Seriously. superman just give me a happy hopeful superman no i want depression i want all depression <laughs> give me evanescent superman <laughs> <laughs> i want to see myself portrayed on the screen okay. all right next up my uh my wall <laughs> <laughs> mine's not as fun as that it's uh i've just been watching that shack documentary on hbo did you catch this I have not caught it yet, but I will be watching it this uh, this and Christmas. I know year. you're a big Kazam fan. <laughs> <laughs> Surprisingly, they didn't touch on that. <laughs> was it was uh, it Shaq playing Kazam? Yeah. Okay. I right, see. Like, I feel like that's a fever dream for me. Sometimes I, I I'm not sure if that not was a real happened. movie. Or not. <laughs> it really <laughs> happened. The chocolate bar genie. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember how chocolate bars fit in the plot. I just remember them being a big portion of the movie. <laughs> it might be worth a rewatch but uh no it's just interesting i love getting these doc type shows every once in a while like the uh the redeem team on netflix right now is pretty good the last dance with jordan was really good i don't know if you ever watched muse on i think it was on prime that's I the did. kobe one yeah that one i did i did watch yeah i like getting into these guys like inside the locker room footage i feel like there's so many like each of these shows have so much footage from in their locker rooms that have never seen the light of day and it's like give all these guys a, a show 
I mean, we get hard knocks for football. Give me hardwood for knocks <laughs> <laughs> for basketball. That's what I'm looking for. I don't know. Mike, too much to ask. My question is, how are there so many cameras in the locker rooms, but one one little peek into the bathrooms for Dr. Disrespect and he gets canceled for it? Freaking Twitch. The purple snakes. No, for real. <laughs> Yeah, I have a lot have of thoughts all. on Twitch right now, but I don't want to talk about it for our impressionable <laughs> listeners. Yeah, of course, we got to mind our, our international audience as well. <laughs> um, let's get into the, the show, this app, dude. I want to talk phase four now that it's all done and how it fits with the other phases. Phases yeah. one, three, and two. There's only been four. <laughs> I feel like it's it's been kind of um it's a little trippy to to see them put into this grid that you did here for us, but we're ten years into this as well. Yeah, more we than just, that, right? No, like two thousand eight was was it two thousand eight? Yeah, we're past ten. We're like at twelve or thirteen years at this point. Two thousand eight. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Um. Why don't we just talk about our general thoughts of, on phase four? Yeah. You want to kick us off? Sure. So I think the thing that's most surprising is, yeah, I didn't realize how much was actually in this. There's seven movies, eight shows, and two specials. A lot of this stuff was like mostly just Disney Plus release, but I think I did give this this phase a lot of crap throughout like, during it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll and I'll still stand by it, uh, <laughs> but um, I will defend it as well. Where this phase is unique for introducing that TV component, um, it, like obviously there's been cartoon series and all that stuff before, but making it part of the MCU is really interesting. And I think we've talked about it a lot. Where they don't even have to be hits. Because like what's a hit for me is not necessarily what's a hit for you, uh, which is the cool thing to think about is that we're in this like they're creating the library in front of us. Like you can pick and choose what you're interested in. Uh, so I think this phase will probably go down as a really important one in like 10 or 20 years. I think right now, though, because it's so new and a lot of them, you know, to me, weren't really hits. I can probably count on like one hand or so out of that what is it 17 things the, the stuff i liked um yeah i i feel like it's a very low percentage so i i don't know i i feel like there was also elements of this that like the plots were pretty cheesy the cgi in some of these things is pretty bad <laughs> if we're being honest and i get that there was like circumstances of working through covid and strikes and shortages of good graphic designers and all that so i get that but you also don't have to push out all this stuff into just a couple of years yeah i agree i i will defend that portion of it a little bit just because i feel like from you know having one foot into that world a bit um i know that the you know, the loans come due for this project. So there's only so far that you can push a project out before, you know, you owe some sort of like money back to what you invested in it. Um, so I think that I, I just feel like it, maybe this phase would have been a little bit different had COVID not happened and had we not had to scramble to shift the schedule like six or seven times, as, as it seems like they've done. Uh, but yeah, I think that, you know, overall your sentiments about, you know, there being a lot more quantity this time over like the necessarily kind of like the not that there were like not enough projects before but i feel like because there were fewer there was more attention paid to them yeah i think the like covid also impacted it that it didn't really release in the order that they wanted either right they kind of went with the projects that were done like i don't think right. WandaVision was supposed to kick things off no, no, and I don't think so. Black Widow wasn't even supposed to kick things off. Uh, Black, I think no, sorry, Black Widow was supposed to kick things off initially. I think that was the plan. Um, 
And then I think it, that one was the one that got delayed, I think, the most, right? Because it was supposed to come out end of 2019. They pushed it into early 2020, not realizing COVID was about to strike. And then that got pushed, what, three or four times throughout COVID until we finally got it released some, uh, you know, some point down the road. Do you have like maybe like your top three out of this phase? I feel yeah, like you probably I have a very similar one. <laughs> I think top uh, top of my list um, and try as I might to try and top it, I think. And I, I rewatched this a couple of times recently to just make sure that my thoughts are still that. But I think for me, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home is still the top uh, Whoa, of my list. You're going there. somewhere else. Well, in terms of like overall project, that's got to be it. But like second to that, if we're talking about like the original stuff that came out this uh, this phase, it's, it's Shang Chi. Um, yeah, that's that's second to me. Um, and then third, honestly, uh, Wandavision. That's mm. still I, that's still my favorite Disney Plus show, besides Loki. I feel like Loki and Wandavision are neck and neck, but there's just some stuff. I feel like Wandavision captured the feel of watching a, a mcu show perfectly the cgi was not squandered there at all and i also feel like they spent more time developing wanda out so much so that wandavision is the reason why i don't like doctor strange 2 um because i feel like a lot of the stuff that was built up in wandavision just kind of got thrown out the window yeah doctor strange 2 uh but i do like it i i feel like that was a you know, the, the best Disney Plus showing that they've done um, from this phase. Although I will push back on that, that like her character development into Doctor Strange makes sense with that, like Darkhold corrupting her. That, yes, in, in, in terms of that, that, that point makes sense. It's just where I feel like we kind of took a little bit of a step back is all the, the whole point of WandaVision was to kind of learn to adjust to 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 absorb all that pain and like like make yourself you know use it for for a little bit better right uh, to better yourself so in that essence i feel like corrupting wanda immediately right after was just kind of like you know a little bit you know it made wandavision a bit redundant mm. i can see that no i agreed i think spider-man was probably my top shung chi's right up there uh I feel like I put Loki above WandaVision, though. I think it was just, like, so much more intriguing week to week as a mystery because WandaVision became very predictable, um, except for the Mephisto thing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Still stumped us on that one. No, uh, I think, yeah, I think Loki was, like, we truly didn't know where it was going. We had a few guesses here and there, but... um, like we didn't know it was gonna be Kang at the beginning of it, right? No, we didn't. Um, yeah, I think we, that one came out of nowhere. We kept thinking like Nightmare or whatever his name was, because there was like a bunch of those blue clues to it. Um, but yeah, I think I, yeah, and that's what's interesting about this phase is that like it's very obvious what the best are. Some of these other phases is like there are good ones and some not so good ones. But your top pick might be very different from somebody else's, like from three or four other people around you. I feel like after after Falcon and the Winter Soldier, no, sorry, after Loki, because that was the third show that came out, right? Yeah. Sequentially, um, I feel like the other Disney Plus shows felt a little like they had strong starts and just kind of seemed to kind of drag on a little bit. Like the, there were more filler episodes in the sh- in the in those shows after uh, Loki, whereas Are I think you Wanda- What If. Uh, no, I'm separating What If out because I feel like that one, as as critical as I am of it, it felt very self-contained and didn't yeah. have that kind of feel to it. Right. Uh, but stuff like Miss Marvel, Moon Knight, like I feel like there's episodes where I feel like I can cherry pick and take them out, and I'm not going to be lacking too much by taking them out of my viewing. You know. Yeah. Uh I same thing for Hawkeye too. Like they made it around the holidays, which was like a interesting holiday special. Yeah. But that's so it's so unrewatchable. Not just because of the holidays, like there's a lot of flaws with that thing. And it, it they were trying to set it up where you could introduce Kingpin and then bring Daredevil in that way. But I don't think I would want to sit through a season two of Hawkeye. 
I I will say, as critical as we are about Hawkeye, I love Haley Steinfeld in that in that series. I feel like that dynamic that we got between Yelena and Kate Bishop was like the the gem in that entire show uh, for me. Like if we get something with them, that then you know, great, fantastic. But yeah, I feel like as a standalone show, Hawkeye with Clint and Kate just doesn't, you know, it didn't it didn't seem as fun as I feel like it initially promised. What are your top three picks, though? I think I'm going the same. I think I'm going Spider-Man 1, Shang-Chi 2, and then Loki 3. Uh, I think out of the shows, though, obviously Loki's up there for me. Um, I don't know. I I agree with you. I think these shows started off so strong, and we kind of went in them a little skeptical, especially when WandaVision starts out like black and white, and it's a a little weird. It's... Yeah. 30 minutes long it's very in the style of like uh the decade performances and we thought oh no this is this is gonna set us up for something <laughs> that we're not ready for and they exceeded like expectations on that show and then falcon and winter soldier came in and had a totally different tone very serious very political uh while still being a superhero show which was really enjoyable and then loki came in with that like mystery but then you yeah, have like Everything just became like a kids show after that. Yeah, I feel so. And and the thing is, like, I feel like some people latched onto certain shows that I thought, you know, like like for example, the Miss Marvel viewership numbers when they came out. Like, I was disappointed that it never was able to crack the top ten. And I think part of it might be um, a mistake on Disney's part for releasing Kenobi alongside Miss Marvel at the same time, right? Like, obviously, most of that viewership is going to go to Kenobi at the time, but. Miss Marvel, I thought, was a really good show um, that lacked the. I think the problem with that was like, I feel like that's the typical Marvel problem, which is like you don't have a, con- a convincing villain, but also it was too long. I feel like if it would have been condensed down to an hour and a half movie, it would have worked really well. Um, but there's and that's what I mean, like, I feel like after uh, Loki. We have gems in there. It's just that there's a lot of filler, and I think that that's what kind of defines this whole phase a bit more. No, we than... we have like gem episodes. We don't have gems here, like yeah, cumulative, yeah. like overalls. Because uh, I agree, I really enjoyed parts of Miss Marvel. It was fun. It was. It didn't take itself too seriously. It was. It had that like political element, like Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh, but. It just, yeah, it didn't have a strong villain, and it took her way too long to figure out her superpowers, which is like we're used to seeing in the course of one movie where Spider-Man learns how to shoot his webs and swing. Like, right, like it's missing that element, and I hope it doesn't impact like the ability to stand by like female leads or younger actresses or actors, uh, just using like those numbers versus like right. a Tom Hiddleston led show, but it's like we're only giving them they're only going to be as good as the tools we're giving them, and we're not really writing them into a position to succeed. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of been you know, and I also think this is the phase that a lot of fans turned on Marvel from being like the the golden boy to like every show was kind of getting egged on. And I think there's like, we've kind of talked about it. There's a lot of like credible criticisms uh, to give the the franchise. Um, some of the stuff, and I kind of want to touch on this too, because I feel like a lot of it kind of centers on, on She-Hulk a bit, but I saw so much negativity when She-Hulk came out, like constantly. And I think that as somebody who did watch it week over week, the show is a lot of fun, not meant to be taken seriously at all, and very much reminiscent of those early She-Hulk books from, like, we're talking, like, the 80s. Um, so, to me, it was, like, a perfect adaptation of it. It's flawed, you know? Like, I don't think it's for everybody at all. Um, I think it's heavily skews to, like, favoring, you know, like, a female audience uh, for it. Like, I think it was written exactly for a female audience, which makes sense. It's a character that was designed yeah. for that, you know? Um, but I think that the... My concern, I guess, when it comes to this is like Marvel kind of dove a little bit too much into giving you uh, certain points or trying to get certain social points across. Mm. Uh, And they did it in a way that 
wasn't the way that what they did it previously because they've been doing this since phase one right like there's been a lot of like political talking points and stuff in, in shows but uh, sorry in in the movies but it's kind of showing you it versus telling you through dialogue over and over again at a certain point and i think that at some point if you have this much this many um this many shows and movies telling you you know similar messages people start to kind of be like okay well i get it but what you know give me some more substance <laughs> from it um if you tell a point without substance i feel like it just kind of falls on deaf ears and i think that's that's kind of what happened with some of these projects with she hulk in particular i feel like they made a lot of really good points um but i think people just kind of didn't give it a shot either and just kind of turned away because of the way some of the commentary was being made i hope that they find ways to weave that messaging in in a way that feels organic you know like um the prequel the star wars prequel movies right <laughs> george lucas was very open during that time about how he's he was being very critical of like the republican party during that time by portraying palpatine and the corporates and a certain light that's not over overtly obvious because they're not hitting you with it you know but it is once you start analyzing it a little bit and i feel like that's the best way to kind of get a point across um so i you know i don't i feel like they shouldn't stop you know the, the messaging per se but i think they got to be a little bit smarter about how they weave that into a narrative and make it feel organic versus I guess agenda shouting right because i feel like that's kind of what it falls into sometimes and that's when people turn off the you know turn off the receptors per se yeah no i think it's i think that's a great point i think it really comes down to like two things why people reacted so aggressively because i did notice that as well and it it's like if you don't have anything nice to say just stop watching the show like if you're no one's forcing you to watch it but like and i and i think that is the first thing right people weren't ready to change the way that they were watching Marvel shows and movies that like you can pick and choose. You don't have to watch everything. It's not like this all like in phase one where you had to watch all five movies before you can go see the Avengers. It's not like that anymore. These are just like, we're developing some characters. We're going to see if they like test well, and then we're going to give them a second season if they do, or we'll weave them into different shows or movies and have them do team ups. And it's just becoming that it's not like, we really have these like anything that's like a big bad anymore. We don't have any more Thanoses. We could create those, but it's going to be a totally different looking Avengers team. So watch what you want, but I don't think people were ready for that and felt like they want me to watch this crap. I don't like this. It's like, you don't have to. <laughs> and, yeah. And people aren't ready for that. And the second thing is all, is that like, if you look at the first three phases, Marvel's never been like a socially aware or critical entity <laughs> so like this is entirely new for this viewership as well who might not be totally in the loop or woke or whatever right. <laughs> like i think it's something new for them that like you just need to understand that like you need to be educated in some way and if this is the only you know your only outlet then it might not hurt you just to actually tune in for a little yeah, I mean, I would I would argue that there there was some points of uh of like social I guess um what do you call it Awareness. like social social issues I guess that were brought up yeah. in the first couple phases, but they weren't quite as like at the forefront of things. You know, it was more so like like Iron Man one dealt with the whole weapons and uh, Middle East situation a bit, but it didn't like touch on it the way that uh, you know we did with Miss Marvel or we did with uh, you know Falcon and the Winter Soldier um the, but it did address certain things i think i think that the thing is like the first three phases address social issues that i feel like everybody was aligned with right like, it's not a daring thing to be like <laughs> yeah. hey weapons of mass destruction aren't a great thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> and have it coming from a room of what is it five white guys and one to quote herself bombshell actress like <laughs> it's not like a daring group presenting that information right yeah and I, I think like every piece of content you consume today has like some sort of agenda to push right and i think that like that's been the whole case forever it's, it's just that i feel like nowadays people are saying things louder and i feel like sometimes in order to be effective you need to show not tell me what the point is mm. you know because that that seems to kind of get card number points i think most audiences 
are smart enough to connect two and two together um when it comes to things because i feel like like we kind of lost some of that and i I don't i'm not just saying this for marvel itself but i think like as a whole the last couple years um i think it's well-meaning and i think it's well-placed but the problem is that the way that you you know communicate a message is very very um that's what's going to uh I guess uh, what you call it, paint out how somebody's going to receive that message, or if they're going to be open to it. Yeah, um, that's why Falcon was pretty good because it was like give us instances of where this like inequity is, yeah, and this oppression, and have someone tell a story. You can tell us that way, but you right. don't have to like like you don't have to just hammer home somebody just yelling it at you. Yeah, because it's not going to do anyone good. Because yeah, people are going to shut off if they don't. If they feel like they've heard it before. Yeah. And aren't seeing it. Like, I like the fact, the way that it was handled with, like, Black Panther 2 also. Like, you, you got a little bit of the whole colonialism thing being pointed out with Namor's story. But you didn't, like, nobody immediately been like, oh, it was those colonizers that blah, 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 did all this. and the, Right? Like, you just kind of, like, they showed you part of the, yeah. his, like, r- visceral reaction to what he saw. And that was enough for to carry the point home, you know? Um, which I thought was was really well handled uh, from that part. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think that that's like you compare something like that versus uh, like Captain Marvel. I think that that was the first movie I feel like that everybody kind of got a little bit of a schism uh, from. But yeah, I mean, like I think this phase definitely like you you're changing the viewing experience for the audience. Um, I think some parts for the best, some parts for or not you know and i think part of the reason why some of these had a little bit of a little bit of shortcoming on the messaging is because i feel like the same thing like it seems like we're a bit stretched thin to get all these projects out instead of like giving each of them because before right like i feel like we were very hyped for the summer movie season because here comes a big tentpole marvel movie yeah you get two a year and yeah you get your summer flick and then you get your like end of the year you know november december flick yeah and then now it's kind of like oh well <laughs> in in like a week we're we're, we're done with miss marvel now it's, let's move on to moon Knight. let's move on to you know take your pick yeah it's these shows that are back to back but also like we're getting movies while this show is still airing right so like i'm watching what is it moon Knight when dr strange comes out it's like i'm watching too many things yeah it's hard to keep up and then it's also like we're separating it out from uh, or we're getting away from the feeling of you're having something really really special that you're looking at right now and and you got to savor each moment because you're not going to have this for another couple months yeah um and i i think that's kind of like the nature of all of this i, I we're, we're probably going to see a scale back honestly like not just marvel but i think everything in general um but yeah, like I, th- I think overall, that's the thing. If I'm, if we're ranking phases too, like here, right? Like where would you put this? Where would you put this phase among the four phases that we have? It's close for me with the bottom tier, but I think I'm putting it last. <laughs> <laughs> I can maybe move it up one. Um, but yeah, it depends on like how you how you rank it, right? There's different ways you could do it. You could do it by like the percentage of like number of good, great, and bad movies in that phase. And I put this like I I think like phase one probably has like a 50% hit rate. And this has like maybe like a 40% hit rate or a 30% hit rate. So like I don't think it this is anywhere near as good as phase one though. Right. So I feel like that's unfair, and you can't just go on like quantity because then this thing dominates, and it's like it, this definitely isn't the best phase we've had. Right. So it's got to be some combination. I think I'm putting it. I think I'm putting phase three number one. Eleven movies, and those were like all great movies, except for maybe like Ant Man two. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like like Civil War, Doctor Strange, Guardians two, Homecoming, Ragnarok, Black Panther, like. I haven't listed one there that has missed, really. Guardians 2 was like more of Guardians 1, we've said, but it's not like it was a bad movie and like Infinity War, Endgame, Far From Home. Like there's so many good movies in that. So I think that's like, that's got to be number one, right? 
Yeah, yeah, I would agree on phase three being the top, the top dog there. But then the next three are actually kind of close. I mean, I I put phase one as number two in my in my overall ranking because like it's original movies. I love the originals. I love Iron Man one. You know how I feel about Iron Man two. You know how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> I want my bird. <laughs> it's a good movie though. The Iron Man movie is aged so well. Yeah. Uh, Thor was like not great, but it's also like not. I don't know. It's not like Black Widow, or maybe it is. Like it's parallel. But then you get like Captain America and you get Avengers 1, which is just so timely. Except for Cap's costume that hasn't aged well at all. <laughs> he brings it back in Endgame and everyone loved it then. So, <laughs> <laughs> so big to differ. <laughs> but then I, I and then I put like two and four right next to each other. I think I put two above four just because like looking at that like percentage wise, I mean, it's got. Winter Soldier, the original Guardians, Ultron, Ant-Man was really enjoyable at the time. See, I've I would I would mimic most of this except I'd swap phase four and two. Only because That's what I'm saying. I think it's they're neck and neck. And it yeah. only because I have to pick something. I think I'm picking it that way, but why would you swap? Guardians of the Galaxy and Captain America Winter Soldier, I think, are the two standouts set of phase two. Like they're they're my favorite uh, movies of that phase. I think the one reason why I feel like I would put this down is because if we're looking at this and like looking at the anchor point, right? Which is for phase one, it's Avengers. For phase two, it's Age of Ultron, and then three has the two Avengers films. Ultron, I think, is the weakest of the Avengers movies. Um, and yeah. not like I don't think it's horrible either. Like, well, you know, I just when you compare it to the others. Yeah, it just seems like a Joss Whedon, Buffy the Vampire Slayer type season finale. You know, like that that's the vibe it gives me, um, which is not great, especially when you compare the Russo brothers work on the latter uh, Avengers movies. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just by the way, phase four is the first one that isn't ended by an Avengers movie, which is a little trippy in of itself. But true. Um, what do you think about that? Yeah, I don't know. I think Phase Two is at the bottom for me. Although, I again, like they're not all horrible films. Uh, no, and that's what's tough else. about it. But you do get Dark World in this, so maybe you're right. I might move that down. Yeah, Phase Four. Because Phase Four, like re-looking at some of these titles, like there's not a lot that are just awful. There, there are are a lot that are just like average. Yeah. And I think that's probably the difference between it and like phase two. Um, one thing though that like I wanted to ask you this is like, do you have any in phase four that were really just underwhelming that you wanted more from? Um, I got one in mind, but I want to see if you have a similar one. Underwhelming, like overall, I would say. Yeah, like guy. you had better expectations for, but it just like didn't even come close to meeting it or anything like or. Maybe you had low expectations for it and it actually met that too, or like whatever, you know what I mean? Uh, Eternals, Hawkeye, Black Widow. Um, <laughs> uh, half the face. <laughs> half the face. Uh, yeah. Thor, Love, and Thunder. Okay, I'll, I'll agree with you on Black Widow. Eternals, I didn't really have any expectations for, but Black Widow was like, they didn't try. <laughs> <laughs> What was what was up with it? Like the graphics were so bad, the plot wasn't that good. You have you can do like an ultimate spy thriller movie, and we got this like Chuck E. Cheese version of the <laughs> Avengers. <laughs> the best thing out of Black Widow was uh, the introduction of Yelena Belova. I feel like she was yeah. a standout. But is it wrong that like I think Yelena like is even the better character than Natasha is in her own movie. <laughs> like, no, you're I, not, it's not wrong. She was a total scene stealer. And that's that, like, she saves Hawkeye for me too. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, that was the whole, like, I, I'm, I love Florence Pugh. I can't wait to see her in more MCU projects. Um, she's heading up the Thunderbolts. So I think that's going to be a really good Thunderbolts. Uh, <laughs> assemble. assemble. <laughs> <laughs> um, it just doesn't work. You know, you know what? What just like for me? I th I think we might disagree on this one because I think the last time we spoke on on Moon Knight, yeah, um, 
This was my you, pick, yes. <laughs> you weren't particularly fond of it at all. I I loved it until that finale, because the finale for me kind of threw me off a bit, and it did something that you do in the comics a lot, but this is one of those examples where I feel like you can't, you ha- this is where you have to break apart from that source, and that's, you got to commit. Is this guy crazy or is he not? Like, you, you, you got to establish to the viewer what's going on, because if you just circle back to square one, Okay, then, like, what was the point of this entire series? Right. You know, um, that disappointed me the most out of everything. That one episode for that show. But that being said, I still like the show. I still think it's 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 well acted. It's it's got great substance. I love the whole split personality and the way that they they, they went about it. Um, I think they tackled it realistically. Also, um. You know, having yeah, but remember like the first like two or three episodes where we didn't get to see any of the action sequences because we had to live through Steven's perspective. So like, you would just yeah. wake up bloody. It's like, uh, we skipped over the good part. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, can we go back a second? Uh, and I think that was my pick for like most underwhelming of this season of the of this phase. It's like you have Oscar Isaac. He's acting his heart out on that on that show like flipping personalities left and right and you have a really interesting plot but then you bring in these like weird looking cg monsters and you have ethan hawk too i totally forgot that yeah he's like a really good bad guy he's, he's got that like creepy element acting down but it just felt like a miss at the end like by the end of it i feel like they put so much things to juggle and they fumbled it a little bit at the end there. Um, and, and also, to your point about the action pieces, I was reading this like really interesting uh, thing out of the Hollywood Reporter. You about, read? I, I, yeah, I do. Who's this guy? All right, educate me. <laughs> I read this thing where they talked about how Kevin Feige uh, came out and was doing this interview. I think, I think right around the investors' call. Um, when they announced the full uh, phase five and six slate that they have planned out. Um, But he talked about how Moon Knight was his dip into how much can we get away with showing like really like the horror side of the MCU before tripping up, you know, the the higher ups on on Disney. And so he talked about like, that was his one regret about Moon Knight is he wished he could have shown more of that violence because he got a lot of liberties once he got around to making Werewolf by Night. Um, so I wonder if that was a technical choice then from him of like, you know, scrambling that. Because I think the first episode, I get it, right? You're establishing that this guy's crazy and that's going on. But once the audience is let in on what's going on, you should be able to experience all that and, and see it because... Yeah, Werewolf by Night, if you watch it, like, it gets pretty gruesome, like, for PG-13. And so I feel like then, you know, why hold back on on Moon Knight, which I I would argue is a higher, more popular character than the one you're choosing to go all in on here (laughs) with the violence on on Werewolf by Night. Um, So, yeah, I'm curious as to, was that a deliberate choice or were they kind of impeded a little bit, I guess? Yeah, it sounds like they were sandbagging it to make sure that it would be successful. But when you make those decisions, you ultimately hurt yourself because you're like, your heart's going in one direction, but then the actual actions are not following. They're not like you're not putting anything behind it. So right, that's why it felt like it came up a little bit of a miss where, I don't know, I feel like Miss Marvel just didn't have the writing behind it to support it. Yeah, I think the thing about Miss Marvel is like I feel like the writing for her in particular, her character, I was a hundred percent behind her. I feel like the villain side of it and the narrative is what kind of did her on Yeah, I didn't mean like Miss Marvel her. I mean more like Miss Marvel the show. And I, I, I hope they I that's the show that I would gladly watch a season two. Um, but like, let's let's get some learnings in there, you know, from from the first season. Um, my concern too, though, and this is something I say as like somebody who's like read a lot of these comics, um, even into like modern times. But Miss Marvel, um, Moon Knight, and a handful of other characters, um, 
I feel like like Miss Marvel's new. Um Ironheart, who was introduced in Wakanda Forever recently, also a new character. Um a couple other characters that have been introduced in this phase are, are like really new to comics, like within the last 15 years or so. My concern is that I think Marvel's kind of getting a little bit of ahead of itself in introducing these characters where like the source material is small, you know, where uh, like the, the, it's a small net to choose stories out of. Um, So like you, you're really going to have to lean on original stories here with them after a certain bit. Like this isn't like Miss Marvel isn't Spider-Man where you have 60 plus years of history with the character. So you can like take a whole bunch of different stories. Like we have the most popular Spider-Man stories have still not been adapted into into movies. So there's content for him for years. Right. But you can't say the same for every character. Like some of them like Moon Knight. I can't tell you who his like arch rival is because I don't think he does have one. You know, like so is it daylight? <laughs> Mune is daylight, <laughs> but but it's like um, I, I think Moon Knight would be better served as like part of an ensemble, you know. Like I think he would really shine there. Yeah, this is where they can take lessons from Phase One, where it took five movies to introduce us to four main characters, and then in Avengers, they looped us into like once we were comfortable with those four, they looped in Black Widow and Hawkeye, and you can test out like. How does this group look together? And then, you know, they did another, the next three movies still introduced or still kept going with the same three of the four guys. So, like, I don't know. I think you can, or I guess Hawk or uh, Black Widow was actually introduced in Iron Man 2. But, uh, you know what I mean? Like, some characters they should just be introducing in other movies or shows. You gotta dis- be able to distinguish between the one that will be the A-lister and the one that is only able to shine through as a supporting character. Because if you're not, then if you're trying to treat all of them as A-listers, you're gonna lose a lot of your audience. Because even the ones that latch onto them, they're gonna be expecting more. And then you, you know, because you don't have a sizable audience, they're just gonna shift into obscurity. And so that at some point, the audience is just gonna be like, well, why am I gonna watch this Disney Plus show if I'm not gonna get some sort of delivery off of it, right? Right. It's why people don't watch DC movies, because, you know, like like we just saw Black Adam a couple weeks ago. I'm 100 percent sure that movie's not getting a sequel. <laughs> you know, like I, I wouldn't, you know, as, as somebody who collects physical media, I wouldn't go out and buy the Blu-ray for it because, like, why, why would I bother? You know, because um, you're a completionist. Right. <laughs> and, you love, and you love Dwayne The Rock Johnson. You love the DCEU. You love Dwayne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, I think these are pretty good thoughts. Any last sum up thoughts or ideas? Um, the only thing I wanted to talk to you about, I think, you know, to t- kind of touch on a little bit for the for the future. Um, but phase five and phase six, we kind of got a slate. We well, we not we kind of got we we have a slate of some sort already built up. Um, if there's something that you feel like would excite you, not something that's on the slates right now, but like, what's something that you feel like would excite you in the future if they were to like announce some sort of project like what would that look like i feel like they opened up an interesting thing with doctor strange 2 where we have these multiverses of different avengers teams and i think paralleling it with you know the idea of a bad guy who wants to travel across multiverses through loki or through what if with ultron I feel like there's something there that I would want to watch. You know, someone who becomes too strong and figures out a way to, you know, cross these multiverses. And then you're like, what if did where you kind of pick and choose heroes from each universe. And that's the Avengers team up is like, okay, now we need to figure out how to work together. And like, what are the rules that you follow? What are your powers? even though they're like, we're as the audience kind of familiar, they're learning to work with each other. Like, right. We don't even have a black bolt in our universe. What do you do? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing anymore. But uh, I feel like that would be an interesting project. And I hope we get an element of that with the new Ant-Man movie. And well, Loki. you won't have to wait long because <laughs> I Don't think the worry. slate, 
Yeah, February was it? February seventeenth is the hot man. Why do you and... know that off the top of your head? Please tell me you have that looked up. I do. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking at a list nerd. of the Phase Five movies right <laughs> you now. Ultimate nerd. I know, for real. <laughs> uh, what is it like? February seventeenth? I don't know. Oh, you know, you spoil it. Pull out the top of my head. <laughs> this guy can't remember. May fifth. May fifth. But Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> I won't remember my own kids' birthdays, but I'll remember when, <laughs> when these MCU faces come out. But but I think this is the most interesting thing to me is this idea of like traveling across the universes because it would open up opportunities to bring back actors that we like. If you're yeah. trying to look for like a little fanfare, like bring back Iron Man, like Robert Downey Jr. in some other role, yeah, or bring back Steve Rogers as uh, one of the Fantastic Four. I would love that, honestly. <laughs> Um, I, and and I think you know, and not 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 that I know anything or like well, but just kind of carrying the speculate here. But I think the fact that you know Kang, something, <laughs> I know something. Tell us. Um, the fact that Kang is like the next Thanos level threat that they're posing up here, which we'll yeah. finally get some you know continuation of with this next Ant Man movie. Yeah. Um, but Phase Five will be wrapped up with the first, I think, which is called the uh, Secret Wars. Right yep. or is it or Kang Dynasty? One of oh, um, it might actually be Kang Dynasty, which is the next uh, Avengers movie. But I do think we're heading in that direction, just because. Let's see. On Phase Five, we got Ant Man and the Wasp. Secret Mania. Invasion is early, so that's before the Kang Dynasty. I don't see Kang Dynasty on the list for five. Let's see. No, that's. I think the, the Avengers six. films are in phase either phase six because they got pushed back. Let me see. Yeah. Yeah. So, so phase five so far, Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, their bolts, and then Blade. Right. And then for television series, I think we don't have that many. I think we have What of season two, Secret Invasion, which is the whole scroll thing. Loki season two, uh, an Ironheart show is going to pop up at some point. An Echo show, the, which is that character from Hawkeye. Uh, Agatha, Coven of Chaos. And then the one thing I am very, very hyped for, for this phase, this upcoming phase on Disney+, Plus, uh, Daredevil Born Again with sixteen oh, no, with 18 episodes. That I'm excited for. But I, you know, t- going back to the whole point of multiverses, I think the fact that Kang is our Thanos villain... I think we're gonna see that, um, and and I wouldn't be surprised if they bring back like the Fox X Men into this whole thing. I wouldn't be surprised if they bring back like the old Fantastic Four cast from the Fox universe. Um, not the Miles Teller version. We can do without that one. But <laughs> oh, I like that one. <laughs> bring me back CGI Silver Surfer from Fantastic Four. Norrin Rad. <laughs> oh, he speaks. But yeah, I, I'm excited for the future of it. It's just I feel like this this one this phase has kind of felt a little bit of a fumble, you know, like overall. Well, what's your uh, what's your project that isn't actually on the list that you would want to? Let's hype ourselves up for something that we'll never get. I'm gonna. I did mine. <laughs> I'm gonna say something that's gonna cause an eye roll for you. I feel. Like. Oh God! Here we go again. <laughs> Sorry, just use that soundbite after you say it. I think at some point in the future, I, I think like maybe phase six or seven or whatever. Like I think we're way down uh, for it, but I would love they to Hulk. see what we got. He Hulk, we got She Hulk, He Hulk, they Hulk. Let's get they they them Hulk, non-binary Hulk. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Um, I would love to see like an adaptation of um, <clears throat> Avengers versus X Men. Uh, which is kind of like a... Why would they even fight? God, this guy keeps creating stuff. (laughs) Rivalries that don't need to exist. (laughs) Was that a thing in the comic? That was a thing in the comics. Um, Okay. It was like this whole thing of like... uh, You know what I never understood? Like in in the Marvel Universe, because Avengers and X-Men exist in the same field, right? Like why are the X-Men or mutants persecuted, but people are okay with the Avengers? Like isn't that the same thing? Like... No, it's technically not, it's, it's a high tech prosthesis, right? <laughs> no, but the, I I would be excited to see that. I feel like if we ever want to get back to like the A lister, like hitter after hitter uh, thing, you're gonna. I feel like now that Marvel's in the position to have the rights to those characters that were super popular for them in the '90s, 
that's your next big uh, vibe here. Like, bring in the X-Men, bring in more iconic Spider-Man stories. But I think, like, they... I'm glad that they're taking a while to get to that point because we've gotten so many X-Men projects before that I feel like everybody's just going to automatically associate to that era yeah. of movies. So here's why that wouldn't work. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this audience needs a winner and a loser and they quickly pick who is the loser because it's not the person that we've been introduced to as our main character. And if you it's- give them the X-Men who they know that they've rooted for before and the Avengers who they're supposed to root for as well. There's no outcome that's going to be pleasing the audience. I know If one of those actually win. The other group is going to hate it. If one of them actually, or if they take each other out, everyone's going to hate it. Or if they end (laughs) up doing this phase four crap where they're like, Oh, we're not enemies. We're actually best friends. We just didn't see it. Like, no one's going to be hat. There's no way to win that scenario. You know what I love about that story, though? Um, the fact that, like, that's you're right. <laughs> Nobody, <laughs> like, but, like, in, in the comics, the whole story was that, um, you know, at some point in the 90s, they killed off Jean Grey being the Phoenix because she was too powerful really? and all this stuff, right? But, um, in that, in this storyline, the, the, the Phoenix Force is supposed to come back and inhabit some new mutant, right? And so, there's a mutant that can tell the future and knows which mutant is going to be able to is going to harness the phoenix power. So, as a result, uh, you got Iron Man, who's like one of those preemptive people that's like, "Hey, it's a danger." Blah blah blah. He's on the mission to go and get her, and possibly kill her because, like, you don't want that. It, it can end the entire world. The baby Hitler scenario. Essentially, essentially, yeah. And so then you got the X Men that are like, "No, you're not going to kill." one of our people because like she's a mutant you shouldn't you know you can't kill somebody before they become a danger and so it becomes a like very big um issue where everybody just kind of starts you know like this big conflict arises and it like it, it results in the deaths of a lot of like prominent characters in the comics so I think it's it's an interesting scenario but they would have to build that out you know like I think it's not something that you can just yeah, probably the 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 narrative will be similar, but the plot of it is going to be a little bit different. Like instead of the Phoenix Force, it'll be something else. Because like, God knows how many times we've seen the Phoenix at this point <laughs> in in movies. But I'd like something like that. Like I feel like it just brings a lot of tension. And um, even though, like as you said, I don't think there's a scenario necessarily that where somebody's going to be crowned the winner. Yeah. It'll be the same thing as like, well, Stanley's right or not. <laughs> like, there's still like online debates about about that whole thing. All right. Well, yeah, maybe there is a way, there is a path to success there, but it's a tough line to walk because it's like Civil War, where I think that worked better because people could make their decision about which camp they wanted to be in with the characters making their decisions. Like, are you for these accords or against them? And have that be your, like, line in the sand. Obviously, at the end there, you get, like, you know, there were shades of gray within that. But I think that's why that movie worked, is that it's all good guys fighting against each other. But you got to pick your side. Right. And once again, it's the government (laughs) coming in and, like, making making a whole thing out of it. Don't get me started, man. <laughs> Those damn governments are going to come take your superpowers from you. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's a good space to end it. I feel like we reached uh, an agreement of sorts that we yes. usually don't. We reached well done accords, a set of accords. Uh, yeah. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the fourth wall accords. <laughs> so why don't, we, uh, why don't we hop off there? And all right, and that'll do it for behind the fourth wall. Thanks for listening. For listening. <laughs>